Translated by Helena Nicklin. Episode 3, Malbec. In this episode, I talk about one of my favourite grapes, Malbec. Those of you who have listened to previous episodes or read my work know that I strongly believe that imagery, analogy and storytelling provide a much more effective way to remember things about wine than memorising dry facts. It's also a much more light-hearted way of doing things, which is always best for building a passion. Malbec is athletic rather than rugby player chunky, recognisable for its raspberry pink tinge in the glass, concentrated chocolatey smoothness, ripe blueberry note and a hint of smoked meat. I like to think of it as the polar player of wine grapes. Here's the vanalogy, followed by a few things you need to know about marvellous Malbec and, of course, a suggested tasting tour so you can get to know this grape in your own time. The asado is fired up and it's not just the steaks that are sizzling. As the aroma of grilled steak fills the air in that sunny open field halfway up a mountain, you spot them on the sidelines before the match. The beautiful people, the polo players. Mr and Mrs Malbec are smooth seduction in a bottle. Wearing distinctive raspberry pink team shirts that only their kind can get away with. They're toned and athletic rather than rugby player chunky, with lustrous silky hair that you just can't help but want to stroke. One of them looks at you, intense and concentrated, with cocoa-coloured eyes framed by soft, long lashes. A rogue polo ball has left a blueberry-coloured bruise on their cheek. Yes, Malbec certainly grabs the attention. There are not many grapes that you can recognise in the glass just by looking at them, but Malbec is one. Concentrated to the point of being opaque, with bright raspberry pink tears that will drip down your glass. It's fair to say that globally, Malbec is now one of the world's best-loved red wine grapes thanks to its ability to make wines that are gloriously velvety, fruity and chocolatey at relatively inexpensive prices. It's easy to see why for years it was seen as the best value wine on a restaurant list. But while much of the Malbec that the world has fallen in love with in recent years has been from Argentina, the grape actually has a French heritage. Malbec was widely planted in southwest France and found favour in the 12th century particularly, with royalty such as Eleanor of Aquitaine and Henry II, and then with Francois I in the 16th century, who was such a fan, he had a Malbec vineyard planted at Fontainebleau, just outside Paris. The southwest region of Cahors in France has always lauded this grape, and to this day, any red wine labelled Cahors must be at least 70% Malbec. The style there is inky black and tannic, with spicy, savoury notes. Malbec was also planted not far away from Cahors in Bordeaux. In fact, until a particularly hard winter in 1952, up to 60% of the blend for red Bordeaux wines could be Malbec, a grape chosen for its softness to help balance the harder tannins of its more muscular cousin, Cabernet Sauvignon. Malbec, however, was not its happiest in Bordeaux. Late ripening, delicate and low yielding, it became too much of a risk for the wine growers at the time, who were seeing colder winters. From the harsh winter of 1952 then, producers decided that a replacement was needed for Malbec that could balance the beefy Bordeaux Cabernet, yet deal with the weather much better. Merlot was the answer, and so most Malbec vines in Bordeaux were grubbed up and replaced. Before Bordeaux made the big move from Malbec to Merlot, however, the reputation of Bordeaux wines was already second to none. The famous great classification of 1855 had solidified the reputation of certain producers, so now the world knew that the finest wines in the world came from Bordeaux, France. 
At around the same time, the president of Argentina, Domingo Faustino Sarmiento, who was partial to a good glass of wine, commissioned French agronomist Michel Aimé Puget to bring cuttings of the finest French vines back to Argentina, which at the time obviously included Malbec. In the dry, warmer climate and incredible light of Argentina, Malbec thrived in a way that it had never done before and pretty quickly became the country's flagship red grape variety. Malbec Tasting Tour Malbec number one. Start with the original and find a red wine from Cahors in southwest France. Cahors will be Malbec dominant, although here they often refer to it as Ozirois, or at least they used to until they realised the world understood and loved the word Malbec. These wines will be inky black and rich in mulberry spice. Malbec number two. Compare the original French with the version from Argentina. Start in Mendoza for your classic polo player Malbec experience. Think milk, chocolate dip, blueberry and raspberry flavours. Malbec number three. Stay in Argentina, but try a Malbec from the northern province of Salta. Here the vines tend to be planted at exceptionally high altitudes and exposed to incredibly pure, bright light. What these two things do is cause the grape to have a thicker skin, a bit like sunscreen, and be exposed to more extreme temperature swings from night to day. This means the wines end up being quite a bit more concentrated and tannic, but with a beautiful fruit freshness. Think dark chocolate with sea salt rather than milk chocolate and pure raspberry coming through. Malbec number four. For something quite different and lighter in style, head to France's Loire Valley and look for a wine made from Cotte, a synonym for Malbec. Here the wine is often blended with Cabernet Franc or Gamay and is tart, medium-bodied with tangy flavours of raspberry and spice. It's generally a lot cooler in the Loire Valley than it is down in the southwest of France, which is partly why. Other Malbecs. We're starting to see more Malbec crop up in all parts of the world, really. Two I found recently that have been really interesting is Intipalca from Peru. It's a really pure style with some licorice notes and interesting, unlike any other Malbec I've had before. I've also had a really fruity one from Gimlet Gravels in New Zealand, which was delicious. Try one of those if you can find them. But back to Argentina, as it really does offer so much when it comes to not just Malbec, but other grapes. I've been to Argentina twice, once in 2006 and the other just a year and a half ago. The difference in the food and the wine scene during that time was immense. No longer, somewhat sadly, was it about slap-up meals with steak, three courses and a kick-ass bottle of brilliant Malbec for £8 a head. But the amount of fine dining establishments has skyrocketed. All the tasting menus and every grape under the sun, all made in Argentina. Malbec in Argentina will always be king, but wines made from other grapes you can find there now can knock your socks off. It's because they've studied, learned from other wine regions which grapes cope best on which soils, and did a ton of analysis and planting of those other grapes. As I speak, my vote is for world-class Cabernet Franc in the future, as well as Cabernet Sauvignon, Semillon and Chardonnay. But I digress a tad. This is about Malbec. And the Malbecs you can find in Argentina are incredible. There is no longer one size fits all. New regions and sub-regions with different soils and altitudes are cropping up all the time. And they're using the full gamut of fermentation techniques, from oak barrels to spacey concrete eggs, back to modern day cement tanks. You just need to look at the wine ranges of a winemaker like Sebastian Zuccardi to see how many options there can be potentially. So that's it for now on Malbec. Thank you very much for listening. I'd love to hear which styles you love and which producers you love too. So please email me at thewinebird at gmail.com or tweet me at thewinebird or leave me a message on Instagram at winebird. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and do tell your friends if you liked it.
Cheers.